Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. I keep swinging for the fences. It's like this heart is defenseless against the passion that's pumping through my veins. Blood, sweat, tears, it's a calling. And if I can't walk, then I'm crawling. It might flicker, but they can't kill the flame. As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Mark, chapter 8, 
verses 11 through 38. Here's a brief overview of some of what we'll be reading about here in the New Testament today. The Pharisees had tried to explain away Jesus' previous miracles by claiming they were done by luck, coincidence, or evil power. Well, here in Scripture we'll read about today, they demand a sign from heaven, something only God could do. Well, Jesus refused their demand because he knew that even this kind of miracle would not convince them. They had already decided not to believe. Well, Jesus rebuked the disciples for their hard hearts, his own disciples. Today, the hard hearts believe, number one, that uh, poverty is always caused by laziness. Helping the poor only enables them, they say. And number two, that worship is best conducted in one way, our way, which has worked very well for 40 years, thank you, and need not be changed. And number three, the hard hearts believe that evangelism doesn't apply. People will never change anyway, so we don't need to do it. Joining the hard hearts requires only one pledge. You must refuse to listen to Jesus' questions. Don't be a hard heart. Be open to Christ's truth and let Him soften your heart. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 26th, the New Testament. Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 38. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived... They came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Watch out! Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the five thousand with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the four thousand with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet, he asked them? When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away, saying, Don't go back into the village on your way home. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you're one of the other prophets. 
Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11. Now, as the life of a deer depends upon water, so our lives depend upon God. Those who seek Him and long to understand Him find eternal life. Feeling separated from God, this psalmist wouldn't rest until he restored his relationship with God because he knew that his very life depended on it. Do you thirst for God? The writer of this psalm was discouraged because he was exiled to a place far from Jerusalem and could not worship in the temple. During these God-given holidays, the nation was to remember all that God had done for them. Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I go and stand before Him? Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking. As I remember how it used to be, I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan. From the land of Mount Mizar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas, as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours His unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing His songs, praying to God, who gives me life. O oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. 
People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray.
Hey, good morning. This is Mark Wallace. I'm giving my uh, testimony. I'm 52 years old. Before coming to Refuge, I've kind of been lost the last couple years, down, broken, depressed, anxiety, um, just kind of give up on everything and everybody. Uh, found the Refuge, been blessed. Uh, I had, like I say, an, an opiate addiction or, you know, before I came in. Um, but since I've come into the Refuge, I've... Uh, I've learned to be more patient, uh, more understanding. I keep pressing into the Word, and I keep getting more stronger and stronger, I think, every day. And with the help of my brothers, uh, the ones coming in, the ones already here, and the friendships, the pastors, uh, the coordinators have all been great. And I look forward to my walk through the third phase, and I'm going to keep pressing in. Keep getting stronger. I feel my spiritual walk is is at midpoint, or it's always going to be at midpoint. So you keep pressing and pressing and pressing, and I think you're always going to have that walk. But it, everybody is going to take it differently, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. God bless. Hi guys, it's Jared Martin, and uh, I just want to give a couple affirmations out to the guys down at the farm: um, Abe May, Josh Morrison, Kenny, and. Uh, Nate Brokaw, I just want to say that, you know, I'm really proud of you guys for making the decision to come back and change your lives for the better. I feel that God has you guys in the right place and, you know, that, you know, you guys are going to do good. I'm really proud of you guys and just keep on doing what you guys are doing. Good morning, guys. This is Pastor Don, and this morning I'd like to talk with you just for a few about the topic of discipleship and uh, what it really means to be a follower of Jesus and a little bit about what it will cost us. And uh, the passage of the scripture I wanted to share was coming from Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 27. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. So, I was just thinking about that topic, and uh, just thinking about you know a lot of guys that I've seen come through the refuge, and uh, you know they come through, and uh, you know they don't really get what they're supposed to get, and 
they leave here and and things don't go well for them because uh, they don't realize that you know once they committed themselves to Christ their Christ their their life is no longer their own anymore it belongs to Christ and if we try to hold on to our old life Jesus says you know you'll lose it he said for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but he said also that if you will lose your life for his sake you'll actually find life and you know i've seen a lot of guys come through and you know their goal is more to get everything back and uh you know that's great you know god wants to give us wonderful things he wants to bless us and prosper us but that shouldn't be our highest goal Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added to you. And if you look at the verses that come before in that passage, the other things uh, that will be added to you that Jesus was referring to were things that people spend their whole lives worrying about, such as food, clothing, housing, drink. Uh, But Jesus said that if you seek the kingdom first, Uh, He'll add all those things to you. So, God wants to bless us greatly. He wants us to prosper. However, He wants our soul to prosper first and foremost. And that only comes by putting Him first. So, you know, that kind of goes along with what Jesus said in this passage. He said, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Because someday the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. So, you know, guys, I just I want to challenge you that as you're going through the refuge, don't make it your chief goal just to find sobriety and get the house back, the woman back, the job back, you know, all those things. Make it your chief goal to be Christ's disciple and to truly deny yourself and to follow Him because He promises in this passage that if we will deny ourselves, if we'll let go of that old life uh, that didn't bring us anything but hardship anyways, He said we'll find life. But if we, if we persist in trying to hold on to those old ways of thinking, that old lifestyle, He said it'll destroy us. Uh, So, again, I just want to challenge you guys to just put Christ first. Um, All that stuff that you was going after in the past, it didn't work for you or you wouldn't have ended up here. Um, You came here because you was looking for something that really worked. And Christ is the answer. He's the answer to all life's problems. And when we put Him first, we'll be blessed and we'll have a wonderful, prosperous life. But if we don't and we start going after all the stuff, uh, then it's just a matter of time before things fall apart. So I just, again, want to challenge you to put Christ first, sell out totally, be His disciple, pick up your cross and follow Jesus, deny yourself, and just sell out. And if you do that, I promise you, you'll be so blessed, uh, you won't even know how to act. So... I hope that this recording was a blessing to you today, and uh, 
I love y'all, and I just, I truly wish you the best, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless. Are you in over your head? Are you in water so deep you're drowning? Do you think you've been left? And there is no one to feel you're hurting? Well, everybody has been there. And everybody's felt lost. If you're in over your head, lift it up, lift it up. This concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.